Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Good morning. It is great to be with you. Uh, my name is John Wyatt. I'm the, I'm the youth pastor here. And as you can clearly see, we're not in Kansas anymore. Um, it's, it's been great. That's right. This past week, Pastor uh, Lorena and King Leon's army of over 85 volunteers transformed this place with an incredible VBS. It was just absolutely incredible from worship to games to songs to Bible stories and skits. Over, over 100 kids were able to see and experience Jesus Christ as the great rescuer, as the one who is the good king, the one who drives away the darkness, conquers death, and he prepares a place for us. Um, speaking of VBS, there were so many great highlights. One came at the end of the week. I was with my nephew. He's five. And he goes, um, he goes Uncle John, uh, what does hail mean? I said, hail? Because all week we've been saying, hail, King Leon. Hail, King Leon. He goes, I thought hail was like ice balls that fall from the sky. And then I thought, oh my gosh, has he been thinking all week that King Leon, the great rescuer, lion is going to get pelted with ice cubes? And if his, is he the only kid that thought that? And so I was like, oh, actually, it means to, you know, celebrate and give reference. And it was so funny. He's just like processing in his own little head. But again, thank you to everyone that sacrificed their time and their skills to make VBS happen. But specifically, I have to do this because I am the youth pastor. I just want to tell all of our students out there who served. We had over 40 junior high and high school students loving on kids all week. And it was incredible. Um, I am proud of each and every one of you, and I want you guys to realize that you helped these kids know what Jesus is like. You helped them understand who God is through the smallest interaction to the most stressful interaction. You gave them a picture of God's love, which is so, so wonderful. If anything, I felt like a proud papa all week seeing you guys serve the Lord Jesus. So, um, so yeah, that was this past week. If you hadn't been here, if you've been here on Sundays with us or online with us, you, have, you know that we have been going through the book of Psalms. We've been spending a lot of our Sundays in the book of Psalms, and specifically, we've been talking about the royal Psalms or the kingly Psalms. And you might be like, well, what is that? Well, you see, these Psalms were especially prepared by King David and others to not focus on King David, but to focus on the king of the universe, the one who he wanted to focus his people, the people of God, on how God is the only king who is perfectly just, perfectly holy, uh-huh. Just kidding. Um, perfectly holy, perfectly just, perfectly influential. And the kingly Psalms and what that does is it helps the people of God see who God really is and see themselves from the king's perspective. It's very important that we see ourselves as God sees us where we're going to be living most of our life away out of the presence of the king when he wants to see us. And so this morning, we are jumping into Psalm 102, which is actually going to help us communicate with our king in the midst of our daily lives. In fact, you could say that the whole book of Psalms is a collection of soul food. I know for me in my life, I have been eating a lot of soul food from the Psalms because it has a way of articulating and pulling out my heart in ways that really help me connect with my king. And it helps center me on his forever reign and his presence in my life. And so this morning, before we jump in to Psalm 102, would you pray with me? Abba Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for being the great rescuer, not only this past week, but God, throughout all of history and all of time. Lord God, this morning, you invite us to lay aside the worries of our day, 
You invite us to quiet down our busy minds and find a hiding place in your presence. And so, Lord, we want to do that today. You're worthy of any song that we could ever sing, and we desire to open up our hearts to you as we open your word to us. Thank you, God, that you hear us and you understand us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please open to the book of Psalms, which is normally right in the middle of your Bible, Psalm 102. Um, or you can have Siri do it for you, however you open your Bibles these days. Um, but Psalm 102. And as, we, as I read Psalm 102, I want you to be thinking about, um, as we enter in, why would Psalm 102 have been included here in the middle of talking about God as king? Why would Psalm 102... God have inspired it to be written to God's people, why would he have included this particular psalm in the prayer book of God's people? As we read that, it'll become obvious why I'm asking that question, but I want you to think of that. And the first thing we're going to see this morning is that the king gives us the book of psalms to help us pray today. God gives us the psalms to help us open our hearts wide so that we'll talk with him with whatever we happen to be wrestling with right now in life. God gives us the Psalms as a place to help us process our life and even our pain. Look with me as I read, starting in verse 1, Psalm 102. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Rather, incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. Because of my loud groanings, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I am a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the days my enemies taught me, those who deride me use my name as a curse. For I eat ashes like bread and mingle my tears with drink. Because of your indignation and anger, for you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an evening shadow, and I wither away like grass. You might be saying, what? Are we reading this in church this morning? <laughs> Pastor John, why is this in the Bible? Why didn't you guys just on your staff planning time, why didn't you just skip Psalm 102 and go straight to 103, which is way more encouraging? Well, I... <laughs> This is what I love about God's word. I think that the king of the universe strategically placed this particular psalm right here so that we could realize that we could share everything and anything with the king at any time, no matter where you're at. You see, God gives us these psalms, again, to open up our hearts wide so that we'll talk with him. He gives us the psalms to be a place to help us process our life and even the pain that we may be feeling to process it with him, as opposed to figuring it out and processing alone without him. Psalm 56.8 reminds us of the king's posture towards us. It says, Lord, you have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Write that down, Psalm 56.8. Think about the reality of that verse. You have kept track of my tossings. I don't know about you, but I'm a side sleeper. And when I worry, I toss back and forth all the time. God knows our tossings. He's kept our tears in his bottles and he's written them down in his book. 
Usually when I think of a king, I think of someone who's large and in charge and doesn't have time, but no, not this king, not the king of the Bible. He knows exactly where we're at. He's not too busy. He's not too far away to listen to the heart of his kids. And he gives us the whole book of Psalms, 150 Psalms right in the middle to help draw out our hearts and our souls to him. He can, can't, he can handle our woes, our complaints, our groans. He, he, he understands it all and nothing shocks him. And yet he wants to hear from us. The king gives us the Psalms to help open us up to him. And I don't know about you, but I know sometimes when I'm learning about God, and we have recently been learning about how kingly God is, how big he is, how just he is, how he, he uh, Steve talked about the sword of justice and mercy, and only God is the one who can perfectly wield that at any time. And I don't know about you, but when I start to realize how big and how holy and how just and how awesome and how perfect God is, I very soon realize how not holy I am and how unjust I am and how imperfect I am. And I start to wonder, man, I'm probably not worthy enough to be in his presence. And I think sometimes what we can do is we can move away from the king when we feel that way. But God gives us Psalm 102 to interrupt our souls, to remind us of his unconditional love that actually helps us come into his presence with whatever chaos we have in our soul. It's like the song we just sang this morning and the one that we sang throughout the week that because of your love, your love makes me brave. It doesn't just make me brave to face tomorrow, right? It's because of your love for me in the past, I can be brave enough to come into your presence no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what my body is going through, no matter what is upside down and out of my control, I can come to you, I can rest in you, and I can talk with you because you are the king who has a loving presence that beckons me to come to you. Which brings us to our second point this morning. The king gives us the Psalms to help us pray today, but what he also does is he gives us the Psalms to help us remember who he is and what he has done for us in the past. Let's pick up reading in verse 12. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is time to favor her. The appointed time has come. For your servants, your servants hold her stones dear and take pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people who are yet to be created may praise the Lord. That he looked down from his holy height, from the height of heaven, the Lord looked on the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and Jerusalem his praise. When peoples gather together and kingdoms come to worship him. You see, God gives us the Psalms to lift our weary heads so that we can see him more clearly. He gives us a psalm so that he can deliver the comfort that we need as he collects our tears in his bottle. The king gives us psalms to help us trust that he will surely act on our behalf as he's done time and time again in our life. And the psalms have this way of helping us remember, oh yeah, that's right. As the psalmist is processing his pain in the presence of the king by praying out his soul in utter honesty before him, something incredible starts to happen. The king lifts the psalmist's eyes up to his own eyes to remind us that he's in control. The king helps us remember that no one and no, no thing will be able to wrestle him off the throne. 
which is what verse 12 starts with, you are enthroned forever. Nothing is going to wrestle God off the throne. And he, this is really, really helpful for us coming out of a pandemic or in a pandemic or wherever we're at in our life, right? It's really helpful when we're wrestling with so much in our life and so much is unknown, when we're wrestling with our own physical health, our mental health, we're wrestling with our families, our jobs, our finances, our, we're wrestling with our dashed dreams of where I thought I would be by now or who I thought I'd be with by now or where I thought my kids would be by now. In all of it, the king wants us to remember that he doesn't get tired of our prayers, but leans in to hear them. Look, look again with ver, at verse 17. If you have a pen or pencil, circle it, underline it, memorize it. This is huge. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Prayer happens twice in that. The NASB, which is a more literal, choppy translation straight from the Hebrew, says it like this. He has turned his attention towards the prayer of the destitute. He has turned his attention. He literally has turned his attention towards us. The Hebrew here emphasizes that God turns to us when he prays. I know that my wife and I, she's often saying, John, John, listen with your face, right? Because most of the time she'll be talking and I'm doing something because I, I got to do, do stuff, right? So I'm doing things, I'm in the closet. She's like, no, 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 listen with your face. And I need that reminder because my wife wants to see me eye to eye and communicate to me eye to eye. Here's the amazing thing about God. He's not over, yes, he has a ginormous plan and God is working throughout all of history, but he's not so distracted with his plan of history that he doesn't turn towards us when we pray. He does not disregard, but rather turns his full attention, his posture, his eyes to meet our eyes. Our, our tears meet his tears in the light of his presence. We, as we turn the pages of the book of Psalms, it turns our heart and our souls to him towards the one that's already turned towards us, always, always. And again, then it goes into verse 18. I love what it says. Let this be recorded for a generation to come so that people yet to be created may praise the Lord. If you're in this room today and you're listening and you're a follower of Jesus, we are those people that were not created some thousands of years ago, but we're now receiving the encouragement and the truth and the praise from who God is. You see, you and I can praise him today because Psalm 102 was written down right in the middle of the kingly Psalms. Even though it's kind of like a tragic, lonely, hard passage, it's great because it's allowing us and showing us that we can praise him today because our king never forgets us. He never overlooks us. He never dismisses our pain. Our God, the great rescuer, never stops listening and never fails to act for his kids. The king of the universe provides the whole book of Psalms so that we could pour out our weary heart to him so that he in turn can pour out his kingly heart into us. And as he pours himself into us through his word and the Psalms, we in turn get to empty out not just our complaints, but our praises as well. We get to empty out ourselves. We're able to be honest with the reality of our situation, kind of like this psalmist here. He's like, Lord, you took me up and you slammed me down. I don't know what you're doing. But the amazing thing is that we can live out our prayers and our praise even when we don't understand. And as we do this, as we live it out in our homes, in our city, as we live it out at school, at work, God gets the glory and it attracts others to live in the kingdom of the great rescuer. 
Jesus says, you will know, others will know me by the love you have for one another. Which brings us to our last and final point. The rest of the Psalm, the King gives us the book of Psalms to help us hold on to him forever. Let's re- finish reading in verse 23. He has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. Oh my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days. You who endure throughout all generations. Of old, you have laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment, but you will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. Clearly, as we stumble into Psalm 102, we see that the psalmist has a powerfully, like a very powerful and intimate relationship with the king. He is the psalmist has been so loved in the past by God that he's brave enough to pour out his complaint to the Lord. Even as he talks pretty candidly about what he thinks God is doing or not doing in his life, the disappointments he's facing. And yet, Because of this repeated experience of going into God's presence and being welcomed with love and being heard out fully, he knows that he can lean on God to help him through it all, even trusting that God has a plan when he doesn't understand. Because our God is an eternal God. No one, I mean, think about this. God is eternal. No one and no thing is able to outlast him. And because God is not going anywhere, you and I can trust that we can build our life on the one who has always been here, always will be here, and is here right now. And his presence is the most firm foundation for us. Psalm 91 and 2 says it this way, Lord, you have been a dwelling place for all generations. This is what we started the kingly Psalms with. Lord, you have been a dwelling place for all generations before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting You are God. God gives us the Psalms to build up our hope so that we can endure no matter what we might be facing at the moment. God gives us hope no matter what we're facing repeatedly over and over, maybe throughout our whole life. God gives us the Psalms to remind us of his imperishable, unexpirable, if that's a word, he's never gonna expire on us, his presence, because he will never fade. God gives us the whole book of the Psalms to stretch our faith from here into all of eternity to be with him. And more often than not, whether it's in the Psalms or the New Testament or our own lives, getting out into creation is something that really helps us center our souls on our creator and quiet down the chaos in our life. Whether it's at the beach or the mountains or the backyard or looking at the stars at night, or going into your garden, or some of you I know keep bees. You go to your beehive and you see, wow, look at all these, look, look what's going on here. Look how this is all being sustained. Again, going to a park. Heck, just go to the garden section at Home Depot. Walk around, be outside, right? <laughs> and if you can't, that's okay. Sit next to a window. All that to say, creation is an opportunity for us to be refreshed, to behold something way more intricate and way more powerful that we have no idea about. I admire people who know things about bees and trees and other, I was going to say fleas. I don't think we need to know that. But, you know, um, I admire people who know things about the land and like Debbie and her dad, they all, they know honestly like every tree that's out there and it's amazing. But there's something refreshing about creation, which is why King David remarked in Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills. 
where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and made earth. And I know for me personally, during some of the most overwhelming, unwanted, and most disappointing times in my life, I would find myself going boogie boarding or body surfing down at the beach. And I would usually go around sunset, and it was so good for me to be in something way bigger than my problems. It was so good for me to be outside in this vast ocean that I could not hold the waves back. I couldn't do it. It was so good for my soul that felt so overwhelmed by the biggest things in my life to just bob up and down as best I could and be small. Because my problems try to convince me all the time that they're bigger than God. My pride tried to convince me that I'm bigger than God. You know, I can handle everything. And it's so good to get out into creation, to wait on the Lord. And as we look into the ocean, God reminds us that he loves us, that he is the king. And that if he can hold the ocean back from the shore and bring it in again, and then call the moon to rise, he can certainly take care of us, his kids. He certainly can take care of us in his life. He's the one who not only sustains creation, but he sustains us. Which is why this past week at VBS, um, our memory verse for the kiddos was Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Don't forget that Psalm 23, the good shepherd is using creation to lead us and feed us and restore our souls and our creator, our shepherd, our great rescuer will be there anytime we need to talk to him because he's been there since the very beginning of time. That's why he's the forever king who no one will ever wrestle off the throne. And so this morning, I want to give you some spiritual resources to help you, some resources to help you unlock the Psalms um, so that you can come into his presence and be with him. And so there's this little book, and I brought it up here because I want to show you it's little, it's very skinny. You could probably get through it in an afternoon or two but it's called Praying the Bible, and it's by Donald Whitney. He's a professor, he's a pastor, and I love this book because it's really helped me unlock my heart as I read God's word in the Psalms. And I love what he says. He says, he invites us to pray the Psalms and pray the Bible. And this is what he says. To pray the Bible, you simply go through a passage, line by line, talking to God about whatever comes to mind as you read the text. This is just a fancy way a long way of saying this is what meditating on scripture is, right? You simply go through a passage line by line, talking to God about whatever comes to mind. If you don't understand a meaning of a verse, that's okay. I know sometimes we read it, we say, I can't understand it. (sighs) Guess I'm not gonna read the Bible today. No, 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 don't do that. Just go to the next verse. If the meaning of that verse is perfectly clear and makes sense, but nothing comes to mind for you to pray about, that's okay. Go to the next verse. Just speak to the Lord about everything that occurs to you while you read the word slowly. Again, I, I, I just did this this morning and I've been practicing this. Um, you see, it's a way of us talking to the king about what he's already t- been talking to us about in the Psalms. And what, um, what the author suggests is that we read um, five Psalms a day. So whatever day of the, day of the month it is, so today, today's the 25th, right? So you would start with Psalm 25 and then you would just add 30 until you have five Psalms right? So it'd be Psalm 25, Psalm 55, 35, 115, and 145. 
Now he's not saying, and I'm not suggesting read all five in one day, but what he's saying is that some mornings you wake up and you open your Bible and it's Psalm 102 and you're like, I don't feel like a desert owl, right? I'm not feeling like my bones are burning. And so you may not connect with that Psalm. So he says, hey, here's five that you can choose from. And once you kind of sense the spirit leading you and the king saying, hey, let's, let's hang out here this morning, then you just go through line by line and talk back to God what he talks to you about in his word. And I've been really trying to practice this this morning. I was, I was doing this and it has been so refreshing because prayer isn't a chore. It's a place now. It's a place for me to come to my king and talk to him and say, I wonder what we're going to talk about this morning. And here's five different Psalms of the day to talk about. But here's the cool thing. If you're like me and you're not a math major, I'm not really good at math. That's why I was a Bible major, right? Um, there's an app for this, which is really nice. And it's a really clever app. It's called Five Psalms. Um, you download it. It's free. And every day it shows you the five Psalms. And you just click on it. You read through it. You pray through it. It's very easy. One of Dr. Whitney's um, students said he was in class. and He's like, I can make an app for this, which is great. But if you're like me, Maybe you don't want to pray next to your phone because that's the thing that makes you go to prayer in the first place because it stresses you out. Um, in the back of the book, there's a chart, and I printed the chart, and I have it in my Bible. And so in the mornings, what I do is I'm like, today's the 25th. Okay, I'm going to be reading 25, 55, 85, 115, 145. Whatever helps you, really. Whatever helps you pray in the presence of the king daily, do that. Whatever helps you remember who he is and what he's done, do that. Whatever helps you hold on to the forever king, do that. I'm just trying to give some resources here. And my prayer is this morning that the Psalms have been shown to you that it's not as just like this massive book in the Bible with 150 Psalms right in the middle of our Bible, but that rather you have seen the book of Psalms as a place where we can go to our creator to talk to him about anything. We don't have to be scared of the king, but invited by him, saved by him loved by him so that we can be brave enough to praise him and to talk to him. I pray that as you spend time in God's presence out in creation or even in the Psalms, that your pain would be lifted up to the great rescuer who maybe won't rescue you immediately, but will rescue you that day. And then his mercies will rise like the sun the next morning and he'll rescue you that day. And that he'll be with you so that you know that no matter what you face, you can be with the forever king. Oh, that we might declare with our lives what the kiddos at VBS this week said. When they were declaring and standing on their chairs and dancing in the aisles, they say, no, I won't be afraid. You are here with me. You are right beside me every day. Even when it feels like everything's going wrong, I can look up to you, God, and find my strength. Oh, 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 your love has lifted me. Oh, 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 above the raging sea. And I just got to say that your love makes me brave. So I don't have to be afraid. I can face anything. I was lost and afraid until you found me. You lifted me up and gave me strength. Anywhere I go, you will go with me. Oh, Lord, you give me courage to live each day. And I just got to say, Lord, you make me brave. Let's pray. Abba, Father. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you understand our hearts better than we do. You understand where we are better than we do. You know where we have been, and yet you still turn towards your kids. You turn towards us. 
and you regard our prayers. And so even this morning, right now, talk to the Lord about what stuck out to you from his word today. If there was a verse that pricked your heart, just tell the Lord right now, the king who's turning towards you, turn towards him right now and just honestly pray in his presence. us pray.